Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, good to see you today. It's great to see you too, Dr. Paul. Thank you. Very good. We're going to talk about something that is right up to date. The problem was just created yesterday. Oh, no, I'm making a mistake there. It was created 5,000 years ago. And that is when governments screw up and make things difficult and they interfere in the market, believe it or not, even 5,000 years ago, they understood about market because markets are pretty natural. And, uh, you know, there's barter, there's bartering and all kinds of things. And then they had government money. And all of a sudden, there, there were problems. And they've existed ever since. The wage and price controls. That is to solve the problems of all the mistakes that the government makes. That's how I look at it. And guess what? It makes things worse. And uh, you never would have guessed that when, when the politicians get involved in trying to correct the mistakes that they made, Sometimes it's deliberate, sometimes it's out of total ignorance, but they generally make things uh, much worse. You know, it's interesting. It is a big deal in history and in economics, the wage and price control. And, uh, you know, I'm not all that old, but I do remember uh, three major times that wage and price controls uh, were introduced in this country, and a lot of minor times, too. But the major times was, I remember World War II very clearly. Uh, my dad was in the retail uh, dairy business and would sell butter, and we as little kids knew about stamps, you know, rationing stamps. And uh, we'd have to collect the stamps and the money if somebody came to our, our little dairy, which was actually at our house. We had to do both, collect the money and collect the stamps. So we, we learned about that very early on. Uh, and then I finally figured it out later on that all that activity had nothing to do with helping helping the people. Uh, the purpose was, along with selling war bonds, uh, you know, the war bonds, uh, we need your help. But, you know, that isn't the way they finance the war. They finance the war with printing money. And then they'd come up with this to bring people together. Everybody's going to have food rationing and whatnot. I'll tell you what, just from personal experience, it didn't even it didn't even operate there because I had some family members, including my dad, who was really strict by the rules. You follow the rules and you don't mess around with a government regulation. But I can recall him that when the people that would, that would bring the uh, meat into town, uh, the black market meat uh, that wasn't available anyway, so, and everybody knew they were coming. So on Saturday afternoon, everybody cried around. The interesting part that dawned on me years later was it was across the street from the police station. <laughs> and uh, But people would go there. So people people got around it, and it, it was it was order to make get people to uh, join in in the effort. And uh, maybe it was was to distract by who's causing what kind of trouble. Second time, Korea War. Wage, uh, wage and price controls then, uh, and and that that wasn't as bad as what happened in World War II. But the one that I remember very clearly uh, was in the early 1970s when Bretton Woods broke down and the prices were going up rapidly. And Nixon, that was one of the reasons the Bretton Woods broke down. They couldn't maintain this fake gold standard any longer. So they, uh, you know, those they put on wage and wage and price controls to control things from from get, getting out of hand and of course that uh, d didn't solve the problems at all but the one thing I remember clearly about that I remember 
the day they, the wage and price controls were put on, uh, which would have been like uh, the 16th of uh, August, the day afterwards, the, the rules were written, and all of a sudden the prices were controlled. And all of a sudden, all the business people had to think about, you know, to replace what they had, whether it was gasoline or whatever, the prices would go up uh, a lot, you know, and it was, uh, it, it, and the markets uh, went down and the unemployment was really, really a mess. To me, it was the one time when I could see the difference between a mismanaged economy, a central economically planned economy that was failing and there was relative liberty versus the time there was no price, no pricing. They destroyed the pricing mechanism and it shut down everything quickly. So it was just overnight. Of course, it lasted a, a year or two and uh, they, it was never smooth. But and those ideas have never gone away. I would say, Chris, today we don't have quite the same. But price controls and, and interference by the government is always messing around with the prices. Today, it's uh, in a way more sinister because it's directed to one company versus another company. It's used with protectionism and sanctions and these sort of things. Always interfering with the most important thing in an economy. You can't, you can't run a voluntary economy without voluntary pricing. So mm -hmm. that's why it's so damaging. And I'll talk about this in a, a minute a little bit more. But the most important price is actually the price of money the interest rates if you mess around with the interest rates guess what you can end up with a really really rocky economy and I think that's what's uh, happening to us right now right dr. Paul and we're talking about price controls today because we could already start to see even in the media we're starting to see uh, should Biden uh, you know fix the price of gasoline and food so they're already talking about it. and like you said it this is government uh, you know, constantly trying to fix previous mistakes, and they only make the mistakes even bigger and problems even bigger. And, you know, in our country, we suffer from a bad case of believing that government must always do something. Uh, no matter if it's big or small, government, what are they going to do about it? Well, they're spending trillions and trillions of dollars. That's certainly doing something. But government doesn't have trillions of dollars. I mean, where are they getting this money? Uh, they certainly tax us, that's for sure, and they borrow money, which is fine, but governments can borrow money, but that doesn't cover all the money that they're spending, and the government can't print its own money, that's unconstitutional, but they found a way to get around that. You have this so-called private Federal Reserve that prints up trillions and trillions of dollars and loans it to the government, and that's, that's how the government spending takes place. But all of these trillions of dollars, it ends up driving prices up in the economy. And now prices are up. We're seeing it in the news all the time. We see it at the, on the shelves. And what's government going to do about it? Well, they're going to add even bigger problems by probably imposing price controls, which Dr. Paul pointed out, they've been making that error for thousands of years. But it doesn't seem to matter. People keep repeating the same mistakes. So all of these interventions and the Federal Reserve they create all of these problems and they only make them progressively bigger. Yes, and there's, there is one uh, time when uh, 
price control is put on is not exactly like what we're talking about here, but it's similar because the government's always messing up with regulations and 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 with uh, uh, the, the the regulations have and the inflation exists. And that is uh, uh, what happens during a hurricane. We live uh, along the coast and we see hurricanes. They come and go. Sometimes the threat is very great, um, greater than what the storms actually are. But it's always a problem because guess what? People know that they might get locked, locked down, uh, locked in their homes, and, and so they need goods and services. So all of a sudden, the shelves are empty, the gas pumps are gone, and filling up your cars, which is a natural, and there's nothing abnormal about that. But the, the whole thing is, is the customers uh, get angry because uh, some people will sneak some goods and services in, and they will raise the price. And they are the gougers. They're price gougers taking advantage of these terrible situations that nature have created. And the government uh, has to do something about that. It's not the people's fault. They, they, they dismiss the fact that the monetary system might play a role in it. But anyway, they come in and they put on these controls and you become an evil person if you stayed up all night, drove a truck, you know, through bad weather and still just barely opening the doors to get in to help people hauling in some goods and services and fuel uh, and he says I'm going to charge you more I uh, let's just say he doubles the price of it and most people are anxious to see it and they do it and he say oh that's terrible he should be a humanitarian and do it for the same amount even though he can't produce it for the same amount so they do that they raise uh, they, ra they raise the prices and it's not all that bad because that means that uh, there are shortages. If you allow the market to work, guess what? Uh, you know, by a day or two after somebody gouged all those people, somebody says, boy, I'm going in there. I'm going to take a load of lumber in. There's a shortage of lumber, and it's very expensive. And uh, I can provide this, and I can make some money doing it. So they, it, uh, the prices going up motivates the increase in supply. But it never dawns on it. The evil mm -hmm. is always because somebody raised the price. And the same way with labor what if uh, what if they they needed laborers and it was under dire conditions and you go in there instead of making your your ten dollars an hour you got to make twenty dollars an hour that's what that's what labor was costing uh, not too long ago but they, they they could go in there and, and make more so the motivation there solves the problem but that's that doesn't satisfy the bureaucrat the bureaucrat has to be the one uh, even if they contributed to the problem they have to be the ones that are solving the problem and of course guess what he, the, the politician the bureaucrats uh, make the conditions much worse yes and as we've pointed out price controls you could go all the way back even to the roman times they they did price controls it leads to shortages all the time the united states 70s leads to shortages so it's been done so many times that you have to think that perhaps authoritarian politicians know exactly what's going to happen. They know the price controls will create shortages, but they also know that people will want government to do something about those shortages. So what does government usually do once price controls uh, lead to shortages? They move to rationing. And authoritarians love to tell people, you know, uh, who can buy and when they can buy and how much they can buy. They love that kind of stuff. Look at what we just went through with COVID. There are authoritarian politicians up and down our government at every single level. 
So if they know that, okay, there'll be shortages, but then we can move to rationing, then they'll start making up all these absurd rules. You know, if your last name begins with a vowel, you can buy gas on Monday and Wednesday, or even better, uh, if you had three or four vaccines, you could buy gas every day. They'll incentivize you. You know, so they would love that kind, that level of control, rationing. Yeah, price controls create shortages, but that's a, that's a great opportunity for doing, you know, for these types of people that love to push people around and control people. So perhaps that's why we keep seeing for thousands of years price controls, uh, you know, keep reappearing. They're terrible for the people, but authoritarians, they have a lot of incentive and uh, they gain a lot of, of power, uh, you know, with dealing with these, the results that they produce. You know, I'm sure they had instincts realizing that when they were debasing the currency, uh, prices did go up. But uh, generally speaking, the economists didn't endorse that idea on the, in those thousands of years ago. And it took a long time for them to, to figure it out that the inflation is such a, uh, an important part of this equation. Because uh, it, it was known for many, many centuries that supply and demands of goods and services would deal with the pricing, and it was very important. I would tell the uh, producer, you know, what to do. How can they produce, and, and what, what, how, how would that happen? But it took a long, long time until recent history to show that something else was important. And Mises has pointed, pointed it out, and other Austrian economists, that it's really important to know about the supply and demand of the other side of the equation, the assets and the goods and services, but the, uh, the uh, supply and demand of the money. And uh, that, that was not known uh, as much then, but it, it is known now and it, ma it makes a, a big deal uh, difference if you realize that. But right now, so the main, main motivation for the politician is to hide his responsibility and the people really don't want to hear it because the answer would be quit spending money you have to repeal the welfare state you have to quit fighting these senseless wars you have to get rid of the federal reserve and then maybe you can solve some of these problems but there's not many people have a stomach for that even though they do have a stomach for causing a lot of harm and making themselves look good well we care about the people and we we have a humanitarian instincts but it doesn't work that way I, it, you know sound economic policies and free markets you know the adam smith co uh, coined the word uh, the invisible hand and i certainly think that's the case how does this all happen when you have a free market things to well work so well but uh, i said they forgot about the invisible hand and now we have the iron fist that's what determines everything and the penalties and they're still that way just think of the penalties that people get now for violating the authorities for for violating a uh, a covid mandate so yes that's an insult that's an that's a an attack on the establishment and they have to stop that that's why uh, they don't stop it with common sense they stop it by saying you better not do it or we will really punish you and that of course makes things much worse very good, Dr. Paul. I will finish up. Uh, before I do, I, I apologize because it's getting kind of noisy. People are working outside. Uh, that's part of doing the live. Uh, you know, we can't control everything. So if, if you can hear noise, I apologize that it's coming from my end. Uh, I'll close by saying we do have to change philosophy in this country from government always having to do something to ideally do nothing. But that is too far of a stretch for most people today. 
uh, even saying, well, how about this? Instead of do nothing, how about only do what's constitutional? Unfortunately, even doing what's constitutional would be a tremendous shock to most Americans because virtually everything that the federal government does today is unconstitutional. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing because imagine everybody that's in government, their very first act is to raise their right hand, put their hand on the Bible, and swear to uphold the Constitution. Very, very, very few actually do. Vast majority that actually happens to be their first official lie in entering government, uh, sure to be followed by many more lies. Uh, so they, they don't follow the Constitution. So it's even, even saying, well, just follow the Constitution. How about, in, if that's too much, how about stop, stop moving away? How about just stop and head towards the Constitution? That's the, the next best thing. I mean, the bottom line is we've drifted very, very far from liberty, from freedom in this country. And, you know, it may be even too far to turn around it will probably be what Dr. Paul has said, there's going to be a severe financial crisis. Everyone will learn just how broke this government is. It does not have, it is not the golden, the goose that lays the golden egg. Uh, and so that's going to be very shocking to a lot of people, not to us and to people that uh, uh, understand the ideas and share the ideas of liberty because we're not under any illusions. We can see clearly, but a lot of people do not see clearly, which is why there needs to be more of us because they're going to need some answers soon. And the more of us that there are that understand the ideas of liberty, the more of us can provide those answers. Very good, Chris. You know, when uh, we talk about wage and price controls, uh, there's an expense uh, uh, for, for just issuing these. In World War II, thousands and thousands of people were involved to police all this activity and punish them for not supporting the war effort. And that, that is a continuation that more bureaucracy and more spending money is going to solve the problem. But they never ask the question, I think, that should be asked when you're talking about pricing, uh, you know, the freedom of choice, uh, volunteerism. But the other thing that's very important, uh, which is better known is in even within this century, and uh, in, in that is in the 20th century and this century, the understanding of monetary policy. And uh, that is the principle of a unit of account. Uh, the unit of account uh, has to be sort of something that is trustworthy it has to be something that the politicians can't control and and they can't manipulate and of course uh, for these four five thousand years have been the unit of account has been a weight of a precious metal and uh it's when they strayed from that they got they got into these uh, into these problems so the, the unit of account needs to be defined i think if you don't have it uh and you're working on a system of uh fair pricing so everybody gets a fair shake uh you, you know it's practically impossible you can worry see the, the supply and demand in the marketplace can decide what the price of, of corn and potatoes should be and, and, and work out the answer as long as there's freedom of choice. But if you have a mandated, dictated unit of account like we've had, especially, uh, you know, in the last uh, half a century since uh, Brenton Woods broke down, there is no definition. I keep thinking that the best analogy I can, I can uh, uh, use is the fact that 
Can you imagine somebody being told to build a skyscraper and he has a unit of account, a measuring rod, but it changes every day or every month and all of a sudden the, maybe the foundation won't be so good because he might be uh, not measuring things right and uh, that's what happens and that's why, that's why price increase is very, very important and the thing that the, everybody notices and the people say, get the prices down, There's, I don't have enough money, so they, they resort you know, to just uh, printing more money, but that—that that is, there's a lot more to it when the when the unit of account is distorted and there's no restraint on spending. Then what? You, what then what you end up with is uh, not only price inflation, you end up with malinvestment, which means they do the wrong thing because one of, if not the most important price, is the price of interest. And of course, uh, it's been zero in this past. Uh, t decade and close to zero and still lower even though they're pretending they're going to raise it which they won't be able to so they interest tells you a whole lot it tells you what the saver should do what the consumer should do with spending it tells the investor what to do and uh, and that is denied to us that is not allowed uh, because uh, it's much easier to say well you know uh, I understand there's a counterfeiter coming into town and he's good he actually has the uh, he has the counterfeiting machine that the uh, Bureau of Engraving has, and he's going to pass out a lot of money. Oh, wow! Nobody can tell the counterfeit. No, not not not. Uh, we hear they don't have it, so we're going to produce a lot of this counterfeit money, and all of a sudden prices go up. And they have these problems. So the unit of account is important. And this misinformation that regulations and dictates and punishments can solve the problems that the government created by getting rid of the unit of account and writing all these rules and regulations because they know what is the fair and just price. And early in history, that's what they were motivated by. A bit of goodness there. They wanted a fair and just price without really understanding the king really wanted a fair and price for him. But uh, no, I think the knowledge of economics, that's where I'm optimistic. In this, uh, you, you know, uh, in the last 50 years or so, I think there's been tremendous increase in the information that has come from the Austrian School of Economics. And the, uh, the sound money position, the necessity of getting rid of the Federal Reserve, spending excessive is, does not help the average person. Yeah, all those budgets and how, how those trillions of dollars these last few years really saved us from this calamity uh, that was created by government interference in, in the COVID epidemic. So that that is all made worse by that. And it, we just need a lot more confidence in what a free market can do and why liberty is so far superior to the authoritarianism and the whims of those who are that use authoritarianism to enhance their power and their own personal wealth. I think there's a better way, and I think it is not complicated, and it can be defined by supporting the whole concept of peace and prosperity by promoting liberty. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.